You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Crip Chop C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I normally sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. But this is another Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, where I sit down with metal brewers and we talk about their lives, their love of metal music, and how they got into brewing craft beer. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had an excellent weekend. It's always nice to sit back, relax, and hibernate. When it is cold and dreary like it is up here in Montreal, Canada right now, winter is upon us, and that is stout season, so it's super good to sit back, curl up on your couch with an epic dark beer, a delicious stout or a porter, and as I always say, when in doubt, one more stout, and that is how I get through these winter months. Speaking of when in doubt, one more stout, I just closed up the pre-orders for that shirt. I have placed the order, and they're in the process of being printed right now, and I'm going to start shipping them off, hopefully, at the end of next week. A huge thank you to any of you Vox and Hops heads who picked up a when in doubt, one more stout Vox and Hops shirt. I'm super stoked. Can't wait to see all of you beautiful people wearing them. So I just want to say a huge thank you. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is coming up soon. This year's lineup features Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. Some of these shows have already sold out, and I can guarantee you that more of them will sell out. So if you want to come to Devastation on the Nation 2020, you better pick up your tickets soon. You can do that via the link in the description of this podcast, or you can simply go to www.metalfestivaltours.com. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is proudly brought to you by Continental Concerts USA, Metal Festival Tours, and yours truly, the Vox and Hops Podcast. Today on Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, I am with Logan Williams, the cellar man from Gilgamesh Brewer. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Logan Williams, one of the brewers from Gilgamesh Brewing from Salem, Oregon. And uh, I'm super stoked to be talking to you. Uh, I received uh, a whole bunch of great Gilgamesh brews, and I'm super stoked to, to share one of these with you. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. Yeah, welcome uh, to Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks. Let's start at the beginning, like I always like to do with my brewers. Let's have your brew story. How did you end up becoming a craft beer brewer? I'm actually a cellarman, working my way up into the brew deck as of now. Kind of that's the starting basis. So cellarman, what we do is we clean and prep the tanks, get them ready for uh, fermentation or turning them into bright tanks. We also handle the beer in its fermentation stage, make sure nothing's going wrong. We're in charge of dry hopping, uh, transferring the beer into bright mode through our centrifuge process. And... So yeah, we pretty much just cradle that baby. It's the best. You're, you're there when the yeast is doing all of its beautiful work. Yeah, exactly. Which is very interesting. How did you get started into this? Why brewing beer? What was that? What was the reason? Uh, so I actually had the great opportunity from a friend of mine who used to be an employee at Gilgamesh. I had been cooking for several years now and... The kitchen lifestyle just kind of wore me out, got mentally and physically exhausted of just doing cooking for people that I didn't really know or had no pleasure in wanting to know, really, and it just was exhausting. So I always loved craft beer, and uh, my friend, she offered me the job there and pretty much started at the bottom and kept my head down and worked my way up, you know? 
which is a good story that everyone should pay attention to. Uh, nothing happens without hard work. It's true. And dedication. Uh, tell me a little bit about Gilgamesh. Um, tell me about the craft beer scene in Salem, Oregon. Uh, so Gilgamesh started nine years ago from uh, the family called the Ratkeys. Uh, there's three brothers and the dad. It's Mike, Nick, Matt, and their dad, Lee. They started it out on their uh, barn in Turner, Oregon. Uh, about 10 years ago and pretty much just slowly built up. They bought the campus, which is where our main brewery is at now. And then just this last year, they actually bought a tap house out on the west side of Salem, like across the river. And uh, yeah, the craft scene out here is pretty popping. I think we are the biggest one as far as craft brewing goes out in Salem. Of course, in Oregon's fairly decent sized state and there's craft beer all around Oregon, but as far as Salem goes, we're kind of the biggest ones, but there's at least several good handful ones out here. Who would be some of those big heavy hitters that, uh, when you started drinking craft beer were the ones that really pulled you in? Uh, well, locally there's like Ninkasi, uh, they're just down 30 minutes South of me, uh, in Eugene, uh, Deschutes brewery. They got the, mm-hmm. They got the Black Butte Porter, which is definitely a favorite of mine. Um, yeah, Nikasi, Deschutes, uh, Sierra Nevada also is really good. Kind of just- Absolutely an, an excellent gateway craft beer right there, Sierra Nevada. You can't yeah. go wrong with that. Yeah, definitely. Anytime I play, I remember when I was playing in Oregon alongside uh, Cannibal Corpse and Obituary. We were in Portland, and we went to this. Is it called? Is it what's? There's a grocery store called Fred's or Fred Meyer. Exactly. And I walked in there, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at this craft beer fridge!" Yeah. And that's when I when I think I had my first uh, Deschutes freshly squeezed IPA. Yeah, it's a good. Which one. which is pretty good. It's pretty good. So so uh, I always had a, a fondness for Portland beers. So let's see what this one is. This is the one that you chose. For us to share, it is from just reading the label. It it seems like a very very complex beer. Tell me about this beer that we're about to share. So this is a collab that we did with a restaurant called that's uh, the Multnomah Whiskey Library. They're based out of Portland. Uh, so what we did was we did a red ale and we barrel aged it in, I believe, rye and bourbon barrels for about five and a half to six months, and then at the end. After we transferred it out of the barrels, we pitched bitters and aromatics as you would a old-fashioned. So it gives you off the flavor of an old-fashioned. I, I have never seen a beer like this or heard of a beer like this. It is completely different from the other beers uh, that came with this package. Yeah. And I was very happy when you chose this one. I typically don't put my stouts in the fridge or high percentage beers because I liked the room temperature flavors. The notes come out a bit more. Okay. And as I was dealing with this one, I was like, do I put it in the fridge? It's not very high in it. And it's got like a 6.6 ABV. Mm-hmm. And the more that I read it, the more I was like, no, I'm going to keep a room temperature. I, I think that the, 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 the barrel age part of it really deserves to be a bit more room temperature. Okay. I've, I've, as of recently, I've drinking it off a tap and I kind of prefer it more that way. I, I do understand the stout part, but yeah, teach their own. Cheers. Cheers. That was cool. Very cool. Very cool. The, the booziness of it is, is very subtle. The bitters you can taste a bit more, which is very interesting. 
really enjoy it. It's got like a nice uh, reddish color. It's just about translucent, but not quite. Almost quite opaque. It's uh, got a nice little head on it. Yeah. The nose says smells sweet. Just slightly boozy, but not very much whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. I love it. Yeah, thanks, man. Absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about metal. Hell yeah. Because uh, Vox and Hops has a lot to do with uh, craft beer and metal. Uh, you hit me up because you play in a band. You play in a band called Abiasis. Yep. And you guys have released an album called Revelations of Macabre. Yep. Let's talk about that. How, how I always like talking to my metal brewers or metal cellarmen in your in your case and and see why is there such a connection between craft beer and metal why does it work so well together you know that's kind of just the whole image getting into it at a very young age it's just like you know i started going to death metal shows at the age of 15 i think my first show was like a suffocation show i was underage but it was at a local dive bar down the road from my house and just like everyone's partying have a great time and i was like oh that's cool like why I drink beer, I don't know, other than the fact that I love it, and why I play death metal, other than the fact that I love it, like, I don't really know, you know? Take me back to that first beer. That first beer was gross. <laughs> it was a Mickey's. You, uh, you guys got Mickey's malt liquor up there? We we have different versions of it, but yes. Yes, it was a malt liquor. It was the young and stupid days. When, 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 when you had a good time with your friends. Yeah. Drinking too many of them. Yeah, at skate park, right before shows, whatever it was. Where do you think the craft beer scene is going next? I know that uh, the haze craze is just yeah. totally taken over. You guys have a hazy that came out. Yeah. That you guys brewed up there, mm-hmm. which was a little bit more, less hazy than what's going on on the East Coast, but still very drinkable, delicious, and crisp. What do you think is going on next? I really think this is interesting, this old-fashioned Barrel-aged red ale with bitters and aromatics. So I think next big thing, I don't know. I've already seen a couple of these pop up here and there, and I have buddies at different breweries who have asked me about, like, old-fashioned beers and what they're doing, so maybe these will be popping up here and there. Um, I'm a really big stout guy, so I'm always looking into stouts and different stout recipes, and those are just, like, wild and endless, you know, and that's kind of my forte to study on has there been a point where you've done some home brewing yeah it was actually really cool because uh i got married in july and uh we made a homebrew here me and my homegirl and they let us finish the homebrew there and we got to serve the beer at the wedding and that was pretty cool that's so cool talk me through that style of beer and congratulations on your marriage oh thanks man uh that was a bavarian black lager so it wow was a, yeah, it was a Schwartz beer and uh how did you get how do you get it smoked is it something you have to do or you buy the malts and they're smoked uh the grain already came smoked okay yeah so i used pretty much everything bavarian uh, like as far as the yeast goes and as far as the grain went the grain was a bavarian carapils i want to say and so yeah it was already kind of smoked and uh chocolatey and whatnot but because it's kind of a lager it it was heavy, but not heavy, you know. Well, it's smooth out. It probably hit like a, under like a 5, 6 ABV. Uh, yeah, it was probably around like 5, 4. Which is perfect, perfect for a wedding. Yeah. You don't want people crawling around. Right. 
Definitely not at the beginning. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could, um, when you do work and you're cleaning out and you're taking care of the fermenting beauties, uh, do you get to listen to some metal music? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what would be your, your Cellarman's soundtrack? Uh, so I got to kind of take it easy because there are certain bands that I listen to that place samples that are obviously like pretty fucked up and like i can't play a whole gorgasm album and expect everyone to be super happy with it you know uh but <laughs> i'll usually throw in like some old school stuff like bull thrower or like even like be blaring some sabbath throughout the brewery but like everyone knows when i'm working there because there'll be death metal going on they'll just be like ah oh, he's either in a great mood or a pissed off mood either way it like he's in there either way it's gonna make us feel better in the end right yeah yeah <laughs> has there been instances where you have played stuff and your coworkers have asked you to turn it off yeah <laughs> okay and what bands would those be and what <laughs> uh bands like bands like gorgasm i think i tried to play actually uh some shit from a uh, blasphemy made flesh one time and like my head brewery comes up is there it was really funny because all he did was just like change the station, but he like put on Steel Panther instead. And I was like, all right, well, that's, you know, that's a reasonable change. That's funny. It's, it's just as extreme, but in a different direction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you have to like share the, the music, the soundtrack of the brewing with other people and how contrast it is. But if from Steel Panther to Cryptops, he's not so much of a jump. But are there <laughs> other brewers that are like listening to yeah to to some hip hop or what? Uh, let's hear about that. Yeah, we're all pretty versatile as far as like music goes. Like we all listen to hip hop also. Like we're big old school hip hop fans. But a lot of us are like old school metal fans like Metallica, Megadeth, Dio, Black Sabbath. I think our most played station is like old school traditional metal. Judas Priest plays a lot through there, you know, a lot of Ozzy Osbourne and all that. They're, they're classics for a reason, right? Yeah, it's a it's a metal welcome brewery for sure. You know, you're not going to get kicked out for playing what you want to play. I always put a correlate beer and metal together because that's just how I am there. But there's something about the classics that just always stay good and always come back. And I think that's true both in metal and in craft beer. Yeah. As you're saying, this uh, old fashion is coming back. You see the return of loggers happening. Mm -hmm. A lot more loggers popping up. The way that, you know, Judas Priest is just always going to be fucking good. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, 20 years ago, today, or in 20 years, it's still going to be regarded as a classic. Yeah. I'm not certain that some of these beer styles that are coming out now are going to be classics in 20 years. I don't know. For sure. I think maybe the IPA will run its course. In that time, I'm not the biggest IPA kind of guy. I feel like after I've had one or two, they all start to, start to kind of blend together in taste as far as that goes. And up here in the Northwest, they've been around for a while, and I don't see them getting much more popular than they already are, kind of, you know? It's almost to the point with some brewers that they're fed up of making IPAs. They want to do something else. They want to do something interesting for their interests, but they ha sort of still have to put out these hazy IPAs just to get the money because people are going to buy them up so that they can fund their future things, which is something different than a band. A band's not going to go out and make a pop album <laughs> or, or or like a, 
a more commercial viable song so that they can go make their experimental one. Yeah. No, no, but act actors do do that. So you think about these actors that like to do these art house films. They'll go do the big blockbuster so that they can fund their little art house flick on the side. So it's almost like that, which is what a brewer has to do now. Right. Fuel, fuel the, the hazy IPA fiends so that they can make their old-fashioned yes. barrel-aged red ales with bitters and aromatics. Yes, make those. <laughs> Has uh, Gilgamesh ever made a collab beer for a band? Uh, no, but that's something I want to work with, with my own band and my own coworkers. Like, I don't see that being a problem at all, but something the owner's got to approve on and something the higher-ups got to approve on. But I feel like if... A biases we're gonna do a beer it'd probably be like a porter of some sort because that's just kind of what we all draw to as porters me and all the other guys in the band and whatnot what would be some of the limitations and why would a brewery not want to do a collaboration with a band that's that's a question I don't have the answer for, man. Because <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, they have to make beer anyways to sell in their tap room. So those ones right away should be easy to have a bit more freedom and experimentation yeah. because you're not canning it, you're not throwing it in a bottle. It's not a huge commitment. It's just a a trial run, and if it goes well, then yeah, maybe you can step it forward there. Yeah, I mean there is talk right now of us doing a uh, small batch stuff. So hopefully the day comes where we get to do stuff for you know my band and other any local artists that want to collab with us that'd be cool so this porter what would it be called straight to hell no no <laughs> i don't know probably porter porter yeah to hell. probably uh, something based off of our songs or something like that you know aside from your own band if you could brew a beer for one of your favorite bands what band would that be what style would it be and what would its name be does creator already have a beer they might but they can have two or three or four it doesn't matter i I'd... yeah man i'd probably do like a red ale for creator mm-hmm. that'd be pretty that'd be pretty fun the classic band needs a classic style beer for sure yeah dude absolutely yeah uh take me deeper into a day at work you 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 are the person that cleans up after the brewers is the brewery just so big and you're you have such a big volume that you need a cellar man why can't they clean up their own mess uh no it's not that they can't clean up their own mess like pretty much every brewer is a cellarman, and every cellarman will start to brew okay um we have let's see I'm trying to count off the top of my head how much of a barrel system we are 60 90 we're about a 200 barrel bright system that are now our biggest uh tank is a 60 barrel tank holy shit okay uh yeah as of right now it's kind of slower season so we're not filling that bad boy up all the time uh except for right now it's actually pretty full it's got 50 barrels in it which we're packing off tomorrow um but also we just uh we all just kind of work together you know and like every brewer, they know how to clean tanks as much as we do. They know about the fermentation process as much as we do. We follow a uh, 
a strict live schedule because we're dealing with live product and live fermentation. Mm -hmm. And so we're all on the same track of what's happening in what tank and where beer is supposed to go. If anything wrong has happened and whatnot. That's, that's an excellent jump point right there. What is the worst mistake you've made in a, in the brewery (laughs) or you've witnessed? Damn. Uh, I mean, everyone takes their occasional beer showers, you know? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you hope it's a style you like, yeah. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I haven't had anything too significant happen, except for maybe some electricity things happening one time. Really? That wasn't super fun. Yeah, plugging in a pump to clean a tank, and uh, the prong was wet, Ooh. which I hadn't noticed. Everything's wet in the brewery, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, thought it was dead for about 30 seconds. And really? Were you on the floor out? No, no. I was, I was just like in shock. Like, I surprisingly wasn't on the floor and out. But, yeah, it was a pretty scary moment. Holy shit. My boss comes around. Yeah, he comes around the corner and smells all the fucking electrical burns. He's, like, looking at me. And I'm just, like, kind of in shock right there. He's like, what What happened? I was like, uh, we'll go sit down for a second and think about this, you know. But... We, we do monthly safety meetings and all that, so that shit happens less and less, and everyone's, like, aware. Like, situational awareness is a big thing at our work, you know? You're working with compressed vessels and just dangerous stuff around you, chemicals and what. The caustic, too, which you guys use to clean a ton. Let's talk through that. A lot of people probably don't know that. But to clean these tanks and the fermentation vessels... You guys got to use basically what it is. It's almost an acid. Yeah. So caustic is like if soap could burn and it does like getting that on your skin, it just pretty much eats it away. And I actually had a small burn of parasitic acid on my wrist today and that wasn't too fun. But so the cleaning cycle, we do a hot rinse. We'll open up everything. We'll make sure everything has proper uh, ventilation so it doesn't vacuum into the tanks and then we'll do hot rinse with caustic we'll let that cycle through we'll drain it and then we'll do our parasitic acid at a uh, food safe level and we'll rinse it out with that through our head pressure bleed everything out and purge the tank so no oxygen is going in because when there's oxygen there's bacteria yep crazy yep. and that just destroys everything destroy everything but but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um being with other people brewers a lot of people that i've spoken with the main reason they started brewing is because they love drinking beer yeah a lot of them don't drink beer while they're working this would be one of the main reasons because there's a lot of dangerous shit going on yeah if you're getting hammered on the job or even if you have like too many sips or whatever like your focus goes off. You get a little too relaxed at your job. Like your focus goes off. That's when kind of wrong shit happens, you know? So yeah, we stay away from doing that. Like we'll taste, we'll sample taste right before we package, make sure carbonation's good. Then we'll just dump it. You know, it's whatever. It's just a small little sample. Has there been an instance when you've been around that the batch wasn't quite right and it was tainted and they've had to dump the whole batch? Um, yes and no. I feel like those situations kind of got fixed. Uh, there sometimes is carbonation issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where 
if you leave so our goal to leave carbonation head pressure on a tank while it's in bright uh, is about 10 to 12 psi if you go more than 12 that's when the carbonation starts to ruin it and you get too high of carbonation and so packaging is nearly impossible because all you're getting is just a foamy mess yeah you're just getting foam breakout and wasting product and labor hours you know uh, like like when I've, I've bought some beers and i feel like they've had carbonation is like when you crack it open and it just foams forever yeah that's that could be it that could also be a stage of oxidization okay that has happened uh but yeah i mean those issues are kind of a pain in the ass but they're fixable but it kind of also gets rid of a lot of the aromas that you want like and so we've had some instances like that um this was over a year ago now we had a double dry hop incident happen uh completely by accident i like that name the the double dry hop incident (laughs) (laughs) this was to a beer that was already a double ipa um and so the double dry hop just kind of overkilled it so it went into the wrong batch is that basically what happened no uh so our marking system on our board um it wasn't updated got it yeah i believe was the issue and so the person who dry hopped that day didn't Notice that it had already been dry hopped prior before. Got and it. So dry hopped a double IPA two times. And I think the way that got fixed is we just blended it with a regular non dry hop version of what this was. And then that blend kind of fixed it out. But either way, that was a, that was a thick boy. Yeah. A bitter juicy mess. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a while ago. And so sorry if anyone got that batch. What does a biases have coming up next? Yeah, so we're hammering out our sophomore album right now. We're going, we're shooting for about eight or nine tracks. Uh, so we're just working on new tunes, getting it all dialed in, and then sending it out there, seeing what happens, you know. So you guys, as of right now, you're an independent band. Yes. Excellent. So for everyone listening at home, we're going to play you a track. Yeah. This is the first time Vox and Hops has ever had music on it. So this is a special Hell moment. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. So everyone right here, I'm going to ring you guys out. I want to say thank you to Logan right now. Uh, thank you to uh, Gilgamesh Brewing for having great beers and letting me share them with Logan. Cheers, man. So right now, this is Angelic Despoilment from Abiosis. Cheers, dude. And she said... Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. Shit. I looked at her. I said, no. I said, good night. And I knew I was going to kill her. I cut off her head. And and I humiliated her corpse.
all so much for listening right to the end. That's it. That's the first time. The first time there's ever been a song on Vox and Hops. Took me 100 episodes to get someone to let me put a song on it. How did you guys enjoy that? Tell me about it. Is it something you want more of? Do you want me to play some more music on the podcast? Let me know in the comments. Send me a message. I'm always interested if you want your music to be featured on Vox and Hops. If you're an unsigned band, an unsigned artist, and you have something that you'd like to premiere on Vox and Hops, shoot me an email to matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And we'll see what we can do. I'm still on the hunt for more metal brewers. Metal brewers are people that like metal music and brew craft beer. Are you a metal brewer? Do you know a metal brewer? If you do, please send them my way because I want to talk to them. As I mentioned during the outro of episode 100, I have some cool stuff in the works. Things that have to do with craft beer, devastation on the nation, and a party. I can't announce it just yet. I'm super stoked working behind the scenes really hard to get this rolling. Just throwing that out there again, tickling your fancies once again. Craft beer, devastation on the nation, party. Let me know what you think. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Offsets. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget, and we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.